I'm joined by Joseph Roach, Sterling Professor of Theatre and Professor of English and African American Studies at Yale University. He has written a number of books, including Cities of the Dead, Circumatlantic Performance, and most recently It, which discusses the easily perceived but hard to define quality possessed by abnormally interesting people. His research looks at the threshold between life and death, the relationships between religion, ritual, performance and daily life, and the way in which history isn't over yet. He has also directed over 40 plays and operas, and today is made an honorary Doctor of Letters. First of all, congratulations on receiving your honorary degree. Um, what does this mean to you? Well, um, it means a great deal. I did my own uh, preliminary graduate work in the UK at Newcastle, and uh, I also have a connection to Warwick through the Institute of Advanced Study, and it's wonderful to be back uh, in this context, and it's humbling, and I'm very grateful to have been selected and honored in this way by a university for which I have great admiration and affection. So how is the digital world impacting on the study of drama and theatre, especially at universities? Well, uh, the pervasiveness of new media, new techniques, uh, and therefore of new ideas is tangible. And drama, because it is a live art, uh, performed live uh, for the most part, is both immediately available to digitization and at the same time to some extent resistant to it. There's a wonderful tension that comes up in the world in which I spend most of my time with the students between um, the performances that they're giving as they text and the performance that they're giving as they uh, do a play or musical or other performance project. Uh, I think that tension is particularly productive and also deeply meaningful in a symbolic way in that with any new medium we're always testing the boundaries between the medium as itself as what it produces as an effect of its innovations and the human needs, human aspiration and human um, capacities that don't change uh, because of the medium and can't change and maybe it's a good thing that they they can't. Uh, the um, uh, mind is expandable um, but um, it seeks to remain in charge, in control of the media that uh, it uh, confronts in a, in a time of, of innovation and to turn it to its own uh, purposes. And in producing my own work live and mediated using um, uh, both antiquarian mediated structures such as stage plays and broadcast uh, television along with digitized uh, media. Uh, I see this as an enormously productive time for those who are trained in drama and theater and performance and dance especially since kinesis is the new mimesis. Movement, which is embodiment, is uh, more present to us as mimetic or imitative uh, forms and it has an immediacy to us, I think, that is uh, palpable and uh, enormously productive. So, um, in answer to the question, it's uh, 
a matter of a balance and attention and um, an exploration of possibility that doesn't abandon the human dimension of 2,000, 3,000 years of experience. Um, recently in this country, we've seen, we've seen the far right make some gains amongst the electorate. Um, I just wondered um, what your thoughts were on the art of performance to kind of unite cultures rather than divide them. Uh, a very timely question, uh, alas. Um, I can say that uh, you speak of the growth of the far right as a contemporary phenomenon in Britain. In my country, it's been growing and strong for decades and even in power. Uh, and it shifted the whole political conversation uh, way far to the right so that um, uh, views that were considered uh, eccentric uh, when I was your age uh, became mainstream by the time um, uh, I reached a, a middle age. And um, uh, it, to me, uh, it was a, a real challenge and uh, to many others to, to face that uh, political movement, which is now uh, in many ways uh, discredited. And it, like the BNP, had a nationalist uh, uh, agenda, uh, inward turning in a time of globalization. Now, of course, that's paradoxical because it was also expansionist in uh, its corporate and even its uh, imperial and military dimensions, uh, expansionist in ways that need no elaboration or uh, detailing, um, except to say that it created a form of a political economy that might be described as postmodern feudalism, in which, paradoxically, under nationalism, the governing forms weakened and the um, uh, corporate forms, like the ducal powers of old, expanded. Uh, famously, Jack Welch, uh, chairman of the board uh, of General Electric, said, ideally, you'd have every factory you own towable uh, on a barge, towable to the place where the labor costs were the least and the environmental regulation was the most uh, uh, lax. And uh, that's what I mean by postmodern feudalism. And that economic structure is now, uh, uh, if it, uh, although it was ascendant, is now um, uh, in many ways discredited. Uh, and uh, we're straying from the area of performance, and I want to come back to uh, the idea of performance and how it might create unity. Um, unification is a, is a splendid goal, but you want to be careful uh, about what it is you're unifying and around which you are rallying. Uh, performance can be that, and it has been that to the jeopardy of um, a democracy and um, uh, equality. Uh, performance can also be resistant. It can also draw attention to uh, the uh, problems uh, and as well as raising uh, possibilities uh, for people who have a critique and want to put pressure on the reigning ideas. And uh, I think that um, uh, anticipating uh, some of your questions about mediation and uh, performance. Uh, it's a moment where there's enormous potential and that's filled with 
peril as well as possibility for creating a, a sense of a global community. Um, in your latest book, it you looked at the idea of the charismatic celebrity. Mm-hmm. I just wondered your thoughts on the uh, death of Michael Jackson and the reaction to that from the media and from the people worldwide. Um, as you know, for, because you're, you've prepared this well, uh, I'm interested not only in celebrity but in the deaths of celebrity because it's at the moment of the funeral that uh, uh, that identity is performed and its ghosting effect, its power to um, insinuate itself into the imagination of uh, millions and in this case billions of people is most um, obviously disclosed. And Michael Jackson's death uh, was a phenomenon that uh, disclosed, revealed the depth and the scope of his um, popular uh, celebrity and global identity in life. Uh, the uh, scope of his career is extraordinary in so relatively short a life. The millions and millions of records sold and videos uh, produced and um, the rest, but touching again on where we on the question that you began with, this was an extraordinary talent. Uh, it wasn't simply a media um, uh, created phenomenon, and I would distinguish between a celebrity and a celetoid. A celetoid is produced primarily by mediated spectacle and is brought forth at a particular moment for a particular purpose. It may be history now, but the weekend that Anna Nicole died, uh, in at least in North America, I don't know about beyond that, but in North America all the um, uh, blogosphere and uh, the cable and broadcast media was completely devoted to stories about her passing. Uh, but unlike Michael Jackson, her career, her productivity was was that of a celetoid, uh, someone created for a specialized purpose by media. Michael Jackson, behind it, had a gift uh, in the arts, a gift in drama, if you will, and dance uh, and music uh, that was um, extraordinary. And it was the combination of that gift and a capacity with um, electrons and photons to reach a global public that made this occasion. And it was an extraordinary occasion um, where you get the sense of an entire world holding its breath for a moment and marking uh, a passing. Um, uh, And as your question implied about the creation of a community, uh, this is an example uh, where people can feel solidarity around a public figure and imagine themselves in solidarity with others where under different conditions they could not at all. Um, How does the burgeoning digital world impact on the whole idea of it, given that anybody now could could find themselves as a world celebrity with the likes of YouTube and Twitter and such like? Well, I think there's a bit of a change from the Warhol hypothesis that everyone will be famous for 15 minutes and this isn't original to me, but uh, it's worth repeating, that now everyone can be famous to 15 people. Uh, There's a selectivity, uh, a fracturing with 
uh, paradoxically, the uh, powers in, in the case we just mentioned of a, of a mass public, a, a global public coming together, more typically in the quotidian life of uh, the media sphere, uh, ever more specialized uh, pods, modules of celebrity open up around particular um, media events or um, blogs or uh, YouTube performances or the like. Uh, and it's poignant now to be reading the headlines about swine flu because, of course, the expression of the moment is when it goes viral. Um, but uh, even a pandemic, um, a media pandemic, tends to affect a particular and select uh, s spectrum, except in very unusual circumstances. In the 90s, you wrote your book, um, Cities of the Dead, about um, Atlantic cultures. Um, and you wrote, I believe, in, at some length about New Orleans. Um, I just wondered if you've revisited New Orleans since Katrina um, and if those cultures have changed in any way. Yes, thanks for that question. It's a, a really important one to me because uh, one of the distressing things about um, the media events we've been speaking of how quickly they disappear from public consciousness. And I fear that New Orleans, uh, very quickly after the 2005 and uh, Katrina, uh, fell off of the um, uh, agenda. And I've been in continuous touch with, with the city. My son is a social worker there, and I've been back many times uh, since since the storm. And. Uh, I don't know that I have anything to say by revision of the views I set forth. Um, I would rather, um, uh, I'd rather claim a certain amount of um, prescience in the book Cities of the Dead, which talked about the way in which effigies are created uh, and then uh, discarded, and the way in which um, uh, circumatlantic culture produces extraordinary uh, popular successes, but many of the creators of that success, the, the, the ones who really did do the uh, fundamental work of creativity in putting a form together, are forgotten. And in many ways that describes what's happened in Katrina, in that 80% of the city was flooded, 60% of the houses were destroyed beyond repair, and most of the damage was done in the neighborhoods that are the most fecund historically in terms of the production of forms such as jazz. And I'm reminded of it when I visit Coventry, the sense of a city damaged. Um, but in the case of New Orleans, it's not yet clear that it will be possible uh, to repair it. And the question remains, uh, and it remains an open one, about uh, the what can be done, what will be done, uh, to make this extraordinary, extraordinarily fertile uh, place again uh, as vivid and as productive as it once was, and to bring back uh, and support the people who made it what it once was, um, and. Uh, that's, uh, if I can just 
expand with, with one more word and a thought on it. New Orleans is a unique place. There's only one. And if it fails, if it is destroyed, uh, if it disappears, there will never be another. And to me, that's an allegory for the larger context, the global context of the present moment. Um, you can call it New Orleans or you can call it planet Earth, but once it tips over, you're not going to be able to put it back.